Supernatural health, right? Amen. Have him, who would like some supernatural health? Well, let's just ask the Lord to do that. I'm, I'm a believer in that because, you know, I don't like aches and pains. Won't you stand up if you need healing? And uh, let's make sure we lay hands on those people who need healing. But we're going to ask the, the Holy Spirit not only to heal, okay, because that's what the Lord's already done, really, right? At the cross, healing was purchased. We're asking, uh, Lord, the manifestation of healing in bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare that Christ is our healer. Uh, we pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit come down now in this room and heal those who need healing. And we declare that healing. We speak healing. We speak to the devil, the devils, and we curse your work in people's lives. We curse illness. We curse disease. We curse these results of the fall. And we say, Jesus has redeemed us from the curse. And we ask you now, Lord, to heal in Jesus' name. And Lord, we also pray, we all would, would like some the divine health. Lord, we want to be people who walk in something supernatural where we're healthy in a divine sense, where God has imparted to us a health and the enemy can't get a hold of our bodies or our minds, our souls, in Jesus' name. And so we are asking you for that in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. Amen. You know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Remember that? I think we should be asking God for more stuff like that because that is really God's will the you know the Lord is so good hey I was wanting to give you a little a little bit of announcement you know I've been having some uh, meetings with pastors in Mooresville between to talk about uh, the issue of racism Uh, and it's a group uh, black and white pastors and so we've had several meetings we're going to have another next this coming week and uh, well, it's, it's really good, been good, uh, but it's really tricky because as, as you know, as we well know, the devil has revealed uh, something to us about racism. And, and it's like he showed his hand, and it's time for the church to rise up and have a voice in this, this matter. If we leave it in the hands of the world, you see how it's going to go. It's not going the way God wants it to go. Okay, this business that we are seeing in the news about racism is that's not that's not what God is looking for. Okay, he he's not looking for that, but we're the ones who have the answer. And so one of the things we're going to do with this group of pastors is at some point people in the congregations are going to uh, be involved in conversations with between with other people. In other churches, black people and white people having these talks. And so if you're interested in that, you let me know. Because uh, I will uh, make sure you can get involved in it. Right now we're doing it by Zoom, which is kind of, you know, good and bad, right? Yeah, it's good because you can just sit in your house and, you know, be lazy. But, you know, you'd like to meet some of these people. I don't know some of them. I've never met them before, uh, particularly the black guys. Uh, and some of the white people, because it's interesting enough. There's a lot of denominational 
you know, like big high church denominational people involved in this, which is interesting. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> God's good, though, but I do believe God wants to do something in our, in our nation uh, about racism and about Marxism. You know, there's some, all the stuff we see. Don't be afraid. God's letting this stuff come to the surface. Okay? He's letting it come to the surface so you and I will do something. He's looking for us. Jesus has already done his job. Now, I'm telling you that Jesus has done what he's going to do. Now, we're here to do what needs to be done now. Okay. Above all, I'm going to read Philippians 1.27, okay? I'm just going to get going here. I hope everybody's had a wonderful week. It says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. So that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk to you about living as citizens of heaven. Conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Uh, so conduct's associated with this. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful verse? So Paul's talking about our citizenship in heaven. And notice that he does say uh, you must live as citizens of heaven He's talking about in the present. So he's not talking about going to heaven one day, uh, you know, which we are going to go to heaven one day. Uh, but now uh, in our life, God expects us to go ahead and begin to live as citizens of heaven. If you've ever been to another country, you'll realize uh, they have different ways of living. And, and you have, when you go there, you've got to kind of you got to adjust the way they live. You can't just go at like an America, a lazy American or a spoiled American, whatever they call you in these countries. They're spoiled Americans. One of the things when I was in Korea that I noticed that was unusual is, is the women would open the door for me. And I was constantly arguing with them about that because in here, we open the door for women. Well, there is exactly opposite, and it was... I found out later, like, shut up. It's insulting to them. They're trying, they're being, they're doing what their culture does. And so, uh, you know, that's what Paul's talking about is uh, we live in a different culture uh, on earth than the culture of heaven. But what he was uh, really bringing out, and actually in the book of Philippians, because he mentions citizenship two times in the book of Philippians. Uh, I also mentions it in Ephesians, and I think it was interesting. So I, I felt like that was sort of a, a, a thought that really needed to be developed. Why would Paul speak to the Philippians about citizenship? Okay, but, and here's the reason. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Paul was a very clever guy. Okay, he understood his audience. He understood he was who he was talking to, and he would use words. He would use uh, ways of saying things that they could associate with it. They could connect with. And here's the uh, uh, the city of Philippi. It was located in Greece. It was a Greek uh, city uh, in a region called Macedonia. Okay, and and if you think about uh, Acts sixteen. You may remember the story of Paul uh, trying to, uh, on his, one of his missionary uh, journeys, having a dream about a man that says, come over here and help us. That was where he wound up going. And remember, he wound up getting arrested 
him and Silas, and they were worshiping and th- praising God, singing hymns like we did this morning. Wasn't that amazing, man? Uh, hey, wow. Those hymns got some juice on them. Well, they were in that prison uh, worshiping, and, you know, there was an earthquake happen. You know, the Lord, they got out, you know, got freed, and uh, that all happened. And then there's the lady named Lydia uh, who was a seller of purple goods. See, that's, that's sort of how this church began. Well, here's the thing about the, the city of Philippi. The city of Philippi was... Although it was Greek, it was a Greek city, actually it had been totally Romanized. The people in that city actually spoke Latin, which was the, which was the language of Rome. They, they dressed like Romans. They, they, their governmental system was set up as Roman. They were completely, they had completely shifted who they were, their whole identity was no longer Greeks. They became Romans, and they were very proud of their Roman citizenship. Their Roman citizenship to them was, was valuable. They loved it. They cared about it. And so Paul understood that about them. He understood that they loved being Romans more than they loved being Greeks because they became Romans. And he used citizenship, their love for, for being Roman citizens, he used that to, to, to talk to them about a greater citizenship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because he knew that they could relate. They could relate to this thing. They could relate to changing who you are and having a new identity and having a new purpose in your life based on your citizenship. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you this morning? You see, and what Paul was trying to declare to these people, you have another citizenship. You have another citizenship. And just as you became Romans, even though God created you to live in Greece and and your original standing was was as a Greek, but you decided that you wanted to be something else and you became something else. And just as you did that, God is calling you to be something different. He has given you another citizenship, a citizenship in heaven that He expects you and wants you, as Paul says, to conduct your life as a citizen there. And they were getting it like, oh, wow, dress like a Roman, talk like a Roman, eat like a Roman, you are a Roman. And he was saying, you need to dress like a heavenly citizen, eat like a heavenly system, talk like a heavenly system, and you will be that heavenly system. Are y'all following this? This is such a, a, such a powerful picture that Paul was, was painting for these people to try to draw them in to how God really want what God is really looking for from the people, from his people all over the earth. That God's looking for something from us that we don't normally look at, we don't normally think in those terms. Because we don't normally think in terms of citizenship when it comes to our spiritual life. We do when it comes to our natural life. You know, back in the day, you know, you'd hear about people that would travel to other countries and they'd get off the airplane and kiss, kiss the ground. So happy to be back home. Well, you know, there's truth in that, right? You know, when you get home, you're always happy to be home. Because you, you love home. There's something special to you about home. 
and, and having a country, uh, you know, nationality is important to God. It's important that, that there's nations and there's people that live in those nations and people that he has determined that's where you're going to live and that's who you are and that's what you are and you're to love that place you live in and you're to care for that place and you're to watch over that place. Right? They're, they're, so I, I want to say that. That's, I want you to say this really clear right now. That's important to God. That is really important to Him. But, he, and, but here Paul was saying there's something more important. And if you won't, because he said above all. That's what he said. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. Above living as a citizen of the United States, you must live. He wasn't saying don't live as a citizen of the United States, but this way of living takes precedent. It takes precedent on the way you live here. And that must influence the way you live here. And so if you want your life... in. And this is something that we can apply to us. If we want our life on earth, our citizenship on earth, our citizenship in the United States of America, which I'm so thankful, I'm honestly thankful that I was born here and that I belong here. And I would tell anybody, whatever country you're from, from be thankful because all countries are special. You know, but to me, my country is the most special because it's my country. But I would expect an Argentine to say to me or a Kenyan to say, no, my country is the most special because it's their country. It, it's their, their DNA is there. Their, their life is there. There's something in them. You know, and this is such an important thing, I believe, but if we want, if we in America, if we in the United States of America want our citizenship here to really be blessed and for our nation to really work we have to learn how to live as citizens from heaven because that is meant to influence our citizenship here that is meant to influence our world here we can't fix our country we cannot fix it unless we fix it from above we cannot fix it we don't have the answers even if you're even if you're pro Donald Trump, Donald Trump can't fix America. And if he gets reelected again, in four more years, there'll be somebody else. We can't put our hope in all that. We can certainly do those things and believe in people and try to get people in office. But at the end of the day, if we really want to fix our nation, we've got to begin to live as citizens of heaven. That's the way God designed it. And God is calling the church right now. I believe if like never before, you've got to fix this place. You need to fix your country. Your country's in trouble. We don't know how tr- in much in trouble we are. We'll one day probably look back and say we almost lost our country. We didn't know how bad it really was. Because I'm believing that we're going to save this world. I'm trusting. I'm believing. And I'm doing what I believe that God's telling me to do. My part. To see. To make sure our country don't go off this deep ledge of Marxism. Where it is headed full bore. But I believe God has a plan. But God is not going to do the plan. God's not going to do it. We're going to do it. 
God is not going to go to the abortion center and advocate. He's going to, only the way he's going down there, if you and I walk down there. If we don't go, nobody's. What did God tell Isaiah? Am I being too intense? <laughs> I don't mean to be intense, honestly. I don't think none of that kind of stuff. I think, let it come out as it is. But like, right. <laughs> Have you ever been listening to somebody preaching? You're like, God, help me. You're killing me. What did the Lord tell Isaiah in Isaiah 6? Who will go for us? Who will go? Now, that's what he was asking after Isaiah had this major encounter. God was looking for a man or a woman to go and represent him. He was not going to be represented if he couldn't find a person. Now, that's not putting anything on us. That's the Great Commission. That's why we are created. That's what we're here for. Are y'all happy? (laughs) Okay. Can I just forget that scripture? (laughs) I wanted to say this. Um, Paul said, Standing together with one spirit and one purpose. Standing together with one spirit. In other words, what he was saying is uh, your natural um, citizenship gives you an identity and it will give you a purpose. It really will. We all have a purpose as a citizen here. Uh, uh, Kenyon's purpose is going to look a little different. A Kenyan's identity is going to be a little bit different. Okay, so, but what he was saying, when we tap into our citizenship in heaven, we get identity and we get purpose. If you don't have purpose and you don't have identity, it's because you're living from the wrong place. If you're just if all the identity that if all the identity that I have is, is I'm a citizen of the United States of America, and my purpose is to is to work to see this country, you know economically, be a good neighbor. All those are wonderful things. That's, that's, those are purposes of our country. Support the mission of our country. I love all that. I think, but if that's all I had, I'd feel, I would feel empty. I, I would not feel like I was, I was fulfilling the thing that God put me on this earth for. I would feel like I was missing something. There would be something missing in my life. I would feel empty. And it's because in the same way, when we tap into our citizenship in heaven, we get identity and we get purpose. They come. We don't. The truth is, we don't really have to seek identity. We really don't. Now, the church has majored on it. I think we have to teach people that you need to find out what your identity is. But the, what we really need to, te- to, to, to learn is learn how to be citizens of heaven. And what comes with that is an identity, a real identity, a true identity, identity that God created and put in you when he decided that you were going to exist. And also there's a purpose that comes, a true purpose, a real purpose, a purpose that will carry you throughout your life. Now, it may change and develop just like, like as your identity grows and, you, you know, there's different facets of it. So that's really important, don't y'all think? And then he also said fighting together for the faith. Now, that's important, fighting together for the faith. So... Here's the trick on this. This is kind of tricky, okay? I'm not really supposed to fight 
for racial equality. I'm supposed to fight for faith. Because if I fight, if I, if we win the fight of faith in this country, we've won every fight. If we win that fight, racial injustice will be dealt a death blow. An absolute death blow by God. Because the faith has prevailed. When they start talking about faith, they're not talking about personal, you know, having faith, trusting God. No, it's talking about faith. It's talking about the faith. The faith of God. The, the revelation of God. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Who He is. What He is. What He has done. It would be like your statement of faith kind of deal that people have. You know, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about this, this, this big overarching thing, not just your personal faith. And, and really, we can't fight for this country. We cannot fight for America unless you happen to be in the, uh, you know, the army, and that's your job. But it says if we focus our fight here, we've lost the fight. We're going to lose the fight because guess what's happened? We are going to use the weapons that are completely natural. We're going to use the weapons that are natural. We're just going to use the political weapons. They're good. They're being given to us by God. But as the people of God, we have another arsenal. You hear what I'm telling you? We have another arsenal. Now, that doesn't mean you're not supposed to be in politics and in, in that battle. Just like a soldier, he's, he needs to be in that battle. That's his job. He's getting paid for that. He signed up for that. But if, all, if that's all we're doing, we're going to trust the soldiers to win the war. We're going to trust the politicians to make everything right. We're defeated. We've lost our country. And I think that's what has happened to the church. We've let it go. We pulled back from culture. We pulled back a long time ago from culture. Because it was too bad, it was too evil, and we let it go, and there was a devil waiting. You don't want it, I'll take it. I'll take the culture. I'll take Hollywood. Look what he did to it. What if we would have decided we wanted Hollywood way back? You hear what I'm telling you? See, we've got to shift our thinking a little bit. You know, we really do. Uh, and so I think uh, I'm just going to throw this one out too because I, got, I think right now, uh, August, this is August, right? It's a really important month spiritually um, for our country. I think what happens spiritually this month is going to have a huge impact on the next few months, like September, October, and first part of November. You know? And so I think it's a time for the church to really pray. Okay, here's something everybody can do. Now, and then there's other things you can do. Okay? You can pray. You can begin to stand up and say, I'm not going to let the devil have the United States of America. I'm going to, I'm taking over. I, devil, I'm going to get these airwaves, the spiritual airwaves. I'm going to get into those spiritual airwaves through my prayers. I'm going to pray. And then when November comes, here's the other thing you, everybody can do if you have the right, if you're the right age. Man, a couple of people can't yet. They'll get to. I hope. I believe they will. Is you can vote. You can pray and vote. Everybody in this room can. 
Everybody in this room can make a difference. Then there may be other particular things that God's called you to do in particular. Okay? You hear what I'm saying? You'll have to figure that out. Some of you already know that. Some of you are already doing that. But those are the things you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit lead you on. Things like that. But that's what the fight of faith looks like. And we are in a fight. And if you don't think we're in a fight, you are lukewarm. You have went into neutral. And anytime you go into neutral spiritually, you, you know what happens? You get lukewarm. Just even when normal, if everything's normal, if you get neutral in your spiritual life, you're going to be lukewarm. That's where you immediately go because God has, there's no neutral with God. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're either on or you're off with God. And so being neutral, when you, when you shift into that neutral, you shift into something that's not in the spirit. Now, you can be cold and be, in, be oh, God, I just feel dead. I feel wore out. Lord, what in the world is wrong with me? You're, you're in with God because he can do something with a person like that. But it's hard for God to do anything with a person who's lukewarm. You know, it really is. Y'all are really looking at me frownfully. I mean, frownfully. You got your arms folded. I'm reading your body language. You have your arms folded, which means I'm in the protective mode. Okay? (laughs) I'm just joking with you. All right, let me read another scripture to you. So I just want to encourage you, though, about really being diligent and taking this serious. Take this serious this is your country this is your responsibility you see all this stuff happening you are responsible to begin to speak to that stuff God's allowed that stuff to be revealed so you can see it with your natural eyes and begin to say that ain't right I'm not going to stand that if they want to all do do the things they're doing you know say the things they're saying throwing bricks and you know, all that. You can look at that and say, that is not right. You, you know. And there's a lot of other stuff that's not right that, that's going on in our country. Corporations. Corporations have been taken over by a Marxist thing. We can change that, y'all. We can, we can change it. But if we don't, then... We failed. We failed to be the salt and we failed to be the light that God's called us to be. And you may say, well, what can I do? You, just, you can pray. You can vote. And, anything, and ask the Holy Spirit, what else am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to talk to people? Am I supposed to go work at the polls or, or whatever? You're going to have to show me. But you can do those two things and that doesn't take no, no you know, that doesn't take anything prophetic to figure that out. I've just told you, you pray and vote. Pray and take it serious. Don't just pray, oh, throw up a prayer. Get before the Lord on this thing. Get before the Lord and pray. I'm just telling you, I think we really will look back. I'm trusting that we're going to look back and like, wow, we were on the edge of the abyss. We almost went over. We almost walked off the ledge blindly asleep. We almost did it, but we didn't because God woke us up and God stirred His people. He roused His people and He found some people who are willing to stand in the gap. 
and really seek the face of God. And again, let me tell you, if we're not just fighting, we're not really fighting for America, we're fighting the fight of faith, and we can win America with the fight of faith. That's how we win our nation, is the fight of faith. Because faith is eternal. Faith goes on forever. The United States of America will not go on forever. So we want to, we, our battle must be engaged in something that's eternal to be able to affect something here. I'm not going to say anything else about that. I bet you're glad, right? <laughs> Let me read this scripture. Uh, oh, this is a beautiful scripture. It has something to do with citizenship. Um, yes. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Wow, isn't that powerful? We are Christ's ambassadors. That's what Paul said. We are. That's what we are. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Isn't that powerful? Have you ever really thought about that ambassador thing much? Has any, have y'all ever? I, I have, I've, honestly, I haven't. I've heard it for years. You know, I've even heard teachings, which I don't really believe that you have to advance up to a certain level to become an, amba- an ambas- ambassador for Christ. I don't think that's really true. I think we're all called to be ambassadors for Christ. I think every one of us in this room are called to be an ambassador for Christ. And that's a big deal. Remember a few years ago, uh, Benghazi, uh, y'all remember that? In Libya, that's where Benghazi is. It's in Libya, and there was an attack on the American, uh, uh, yeah, and they killed the ambassador. They killed him, and that's a big deal. That's a big deal in the spirit because something, something, something was broken in the spirit that shouldn't have been broken. There was a spiritual laws, there was spiritual rules that were broken that should not have been broken. And God still has an answer about that, I believe. Because, you know, well, let me just tell you this about an embassy. I've, I've studied some stuff now. I don't know everything, but I do know a little bit. Uh, I'm talking natural now. An embassy, if the United States has an embassy, say, in Beijing, China, literally, that embassy and that land that that embassy is located on belongs to the United States of America. It's theirs. Now, recently, there was a consulate down in uh, Houston, Texas. There's a difference between a consulate and an embassy, right? A consulate is sort of a branch, but it don't, it's not quite got the same level of protection, and that's why the government invaded that consulate, our uh, Chinese consulate down there, because they were doing spying stuff. That's why they busted the door down. But the, I promise you, our government, unless it was absolute world war, would not bust down the Chinese consulate or a Chinese embassy in, in Washington. They wouldn't do it because in their eyes, that belongs to China. And for us to go in there would be like invading China. And the United States of America, what happened in Benghazi, we were invaded we were invaded. And any time there's any embassy in the world and another nation goes in there host, in a hostile way, you know, militarily or however they did it, it's invasion. And so here's what I want you to... I'm just telling you all that for a reason. Now, what does a, 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 a ambassador does? An ambassador represents 
the nation he's from. Okay? That's what their job is. Their job is to be the representative, to be able to speak to this other nation and represent the laws, the philosophies, the culture of our nation, to represent that, to speak that to the nation where they're at. That's what we as ambassadors of Christ are charged to do. We are charged to represent heaven. We are charged to speak what heaven speaks, to represent the culture of heaven. See, this citizenship thing is going to another level. You hear what I'm telling you? And that's why we, we're struggling with the revelation of citizenship. But God's even calling us something bigger than just being a citizen. He says, you have to go and you have to be an ambassador for me wherever you go. And you are supposed to own land. You're supposed to own the place. You have authority that you're supposed to carry with you. And when you speak, you speak as heaven speaks. Just like the, our ambassador, when he speaks, he is speaking like the president. He's speaking the president's words. He's speaking his, his desires, his policies. He's not over just making up stuff, saying what he wants to say. Because if he is, you know what happens to him. There was one, I think, Yugoslavia. Was it Yugoslavia? No, that was her name. Yeah, whatever. She was fired recently from... from Ukraine, a few months ago, and all it was a big ruckus. But the truth is, she was fired because she wasn't doing her job. She was not representing the government that was in power. She was representing another government. And so our government said, you're out. We're not going to have you in another country speaking for us when you're not speaking what we tell you you're able to speak. Can I give you that one scripture on that? It's uh, Proverbs 13, 17. It says, An unreliable messenger stumbles into trouble. That, you know what that messenger literally means? It means envoy or ambassador. An unreliable ambassador stumbles into trouble. Stumbles into it. Seems like that's what's happened to us. As a, as a people, as the body of Christ, we've just stumbled into trouble because we haven't been reliable, because we haven't tapped in to our heavenly citizenship. We haven't t- tapped into our heavenly role as ambassadors and being able to speak. And so we've stumbled into trouble. And then it, but, again, but a reliable ambassador brings healing. Look at that, y'all. Listen, that's what God has called us to do. He's called us to bring healing. That's why God has said, don't speak your opinion. It's not your, your opinion don't count. Your political philosophies don't count. None of that counts. What counts is what heaven says counts. And that's what you need to begin to learn how to speak that. Just like the Philippians, they spoke Latin. They spoke Roman. They spoke Roman philosophy because they loved it. They loved it. Are you okay? I mean, I'm not supposed to say that, I know, but you don't look Okay. <laughs> You look badly at me. You're just like, if looks can kill, we'd be having a funeral. (laughs) Let me read this one to you. This is something. Let me read this verse, Matthew 6, 28 through 29. Speaking of ambassadors. You see, an ambassador goes to this uh, embassy, and he has uh, everything taken care of. He's not out grocery shopping. He don't go buy a car. 
You know, he don't pay the, the electric bill. You know, he, he, everything's taken care of. His, his, uh, you know, club meds, all, even his clothes are provided. This is what Jesus said, and why worry about your clothing? Now, we've heard this forever, but Jesus was really trying to tap us into something that we really need to learn how to tap into now. Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And so you see, what God wants to teach us is how to tap into the resources of heaven. I don't think we have. I think we tried to a few years ago. We kind of got a little start at it, but then we kind of fell back. That's the way it felt to me. I'm thankful for what God, the seeds that God has put in people's hearts about living from heaven to earth. But I don't think them seeds have come up and bore fruit yet. But I think it's time for them to bear fruit. I really do. And I think part of it is really learning how to tap into to heaven, to the resources of heaven that God really is wanting to take care of us and wanting to provide for us. That's, that's what his heart is. He wants to give to us, but here's the problem. If we're, if we're just being slack and we have disengaged, that disengages us from tapping into his resources. You see, it hurts us when we don't tap in, when we, we pull back or become neutral or become cold. We're the one that's hurt. That's why Jesus said, when you're, I, don't, I want you to be hot or cold. I, I want to spew the lukewarm out of my mouth. It wasn't because he hated lukewarm people. It was because of what lukewarmness did to people. It hurt them from being able to live this carefree, this thing where God was taking care of you and you knew it. That's really the gospel right there. That's Jesus talking. That's what he said. Jesus said that. And we have to come to some terms with stuff he said. And the way we come to terms is if it's not working in my life, God is not the problem. <laughs> right? He's not got the problem. I do. Can I read one more scripture to you? This is a really good one too. Hebrews 1.14. You see, another thing about uh, over in Benghazi when that happened, if you, if you uh, read it, you're going to have to look for some facts versus what, don't read what the news tells you, but... You can find out is uh, they had military. They have military at, at uh, embassies. They have Marines guarding them, uh, we, you know, that are weaponized and you know ready to fight. And that's really what happened at Benghazi. But they were calling for help. They were saying we're under attack. No, it's a, it's a uh, it's a peaceful protest. I mean, basically, that's what they told them. It's a peaceful protest. No, we're being shot at. We're being overrun. This is a planned attack. That was what was really going on. And it overwhelmed the military presence that they had there. They had Navy SEAL. They had powerful people that can do some stuff. But, you know, to, you know when uh, X number gets, you know, so many, there's so many, so many bullets you have and there's so much you can do. And those guys, people died. And, and, the, and the army the or the military stated that they could have had people there in minutes. They could have put people there. They could have done it. They could have rescued them. They could have stopped it. 
but they weren't given the okay to do it. They were not given the okay to do it. See, that should really speak to us because, you see, God has given his angels the okay. They don't have to go and ask, do I need to bail his hide out? No, bail him out. You know, he's an idiot, but bail him out anyway. That's how God's told the angels to deal with me. Just forget it. Don't come and ask because he's going to mess up and you're going to have to help him. God has assigned angels to the church, to the body of Christ, to people. And those angels are here to help us. And we have just, we are, have neglected it. We have not taken advantage of what's been given to us. And God is calling us now. This is what citizenship's all about. This is what ambassadorship's all about. Therefore, angels are only servants. God has given them orders. We don't give them orders. God has given them assignments. And you know what? I've come to believe, and I believe it's 100% true. Here's where, where angels are. They're just waiting on us to agree with them. Agree with what God said. And once you come into agreement with what God says, the angels can work. But if you're in disagreement, if you're in disagreement with what God said about you and about your life and about what you're doing, then you, you're probably not going to get a whole lot of help. You're going to get those emergency helps, like snatch him out of the fire at the last minute, but let him go through it as far as he can go just so he'll learn, you know. Y'all know that, right? I know that real well. You know, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that kind of rescue mission. I want, hey, we're with you. Don't worry about it. Don't, we've got you covered. We're here to serve you. And you agree, as long as you agree with God and as long as you line up with what God's will is and what he's saying, then you can expect us to be right there with you and you don't have to worry about somebody coming and messing you up and killing you or some terrible disease coming on you. Yeah, and we really got to get to this. This is part of citizenship. This is part of citizenship. And I just think we're at the time, uh, you know, of really having a real citizenship thing to happen to us. I think it's really unfortunate that, you know, we're here, you know, with the conditions of, of, of our country to have to be awakened, you know, with all this happening. It'd be easier to be awakened when there's a revival, right? And God's really moving powerfully. Guess what? God tried to do that for years. For years, God poured His Spirit out on the church and was touching people and talking to them about identity and talking to them about getting healed in their hearts, all these things. There was a reason for it. Listen, there was a reason for what seemed crazy. We're living the reason. We're here. We're in. That's why I did all that. Because I saw this coming and you needed to be prepared for it. Now that's what I really believe. I, Becky and I have told many people. We would have never, just to our stuff that we've gone through in this church, we'd have never got through it without that, what God, the move of God that came. Never. Because that's what helped us to get through it. And so when God moves, don't be an idiot. Okay? Just, just let him do what, however it looks. Just say, okay, I'm in. I might be looking a little foolish here and feeling a little nervous here. But I'm in because I believe there's something greater in front of me that I'm going to look back one, one day and say, thank God I let God have his way in that moment in my life. 
even though I felt like the biggest dummy in the room, you know, I'm going to stop. <laughs> now, you don't want me to keep going, trust me. I want to ask the Lord to help us with this because, you know, there's a such thing as a battlefield promotion when there's war. There's, there's actually something called battlefield promotion. In other words, you could be a corporal in the army, and one day the captain comes and says, we need a staff sergeant. You don't go from being a corporal to a staff. We need that in your yet. Guess what? You have just been promoted and put a weapon in your hand and tell you. You see, we're in a time where God is saying to people, okay, maybe you missed it, right? Everybody misses it, Right? But he said, okay, that's fine. I'm going to call you up anyway. I'll give you what you need. I'll put in you what you need if you're willing to fight this fight of faith. Now, I'm telling you, I want to, say, I want to make it clear. We ain't fighting people. That's not the goal because, you know, you could beat up somebody. Would that change you? No, you'd go to jail, Right? When I went down there to Latrove a couple weeks ago, we went. I went there through the week, and there's not many people there. There was a girl there. I would thought at one point I would have slapped you. I would have slapped you across the talking that way that way to me. F you, f you, you, you know, saying all these nasty things to me, mocking me, mocking Christianity. Like at the time of my life, like well, then okay, then here we go. But the, that ain't how this thing works. Because I realized at that moment, that girl, she's, she's a victim. She's a victim. God loves her. God wants to save her. He wants to deliver her from this thing. You know, the best thing I can do, which I did, is started pleading the blood of Jesus on her. Like, Lord, let your blood get on her. And you know, I don't think it got on her right then, but she didn't. Because <laughs> she got in her car. She, had, she didn't leave. I will say it. She left, then she gave us the finger. You know what I'm saying? Drove by, and then she drove around the block and gave us a finger again, saying stuff. So I'm thinking, maybe the blood of Jesus just got her away, but there was a couple more. But, you know. Hey, I really encourage you when we go, if, if you can go for the prayer walk. I mean, I know some of you probably shouldn't go, you know, because of health. But they do, you know, they try to keep people from being all over top of each other. and But it's... That's a genuine war zone. If you want to go to a war zone and see what it feels like in the spirit, you go down there on that day and you can feel an absolute war down there. Because there's, like that video said, there's more murders committed in that, in that place, I think in the whole southeast of the United States. That one place, more people die in that one. You think God is not interested in that place? You don't think the devil's interested in that place? It's a clash. Did you know this? More pe- I, 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 I'm going to stop. I'm telling you something about abortion. More people die in the world. That's the number one killer in the entire world is abortion. I saw this graph. It is unreal how many babies are aborted in the world. It's unreal. And you see, we have a God in heaven that's looking at that, that has thoughts about that. And he wants to do something about it. And that's really, you know, we're just doing that one little thing. 
that we do. It's just a little thing, but I, it does make a difference. It really does. It makes, there's people who, there's women who go there who leave and don't abort their babies. There really are. There's people, and there's women, and then there's women who actually had the babies, and there's people, people who've helped them, helped them with the baby, helped them with baby showers. We've done that. Those, that makes a difference. That makes a huge difference in the spirit realm. You don't, that's agreeing with what God said to do, and you don't think angels don't see that? And it gets their attention, and they want to mobilize, and they want to begin to go to work for you on your behalf and begin to help you in what you're supposed to do, be able to help you with your finances, be able to help you with your dreams, all that. See, they get involved when they begin to see us agreeing and doing what heaven wants to do. But they're not going to be that involved with us if we're not doing that. And I'm telling you, there's a call to action for the church right now. There's a call from heaven to stand up. Don't lay down now. Stand up. Stand up. Begin to pray. Begin to intercede and pull down some of this stuff and see a victory. And it could, you know, in battles, things can get worse before they get better. But I do believe we, if we can really do that this month in August, I think it will lessen some of the pain in the fallen months. I, I really believe that. I do believe that. Or I wouldn't be telling you this. I'm not just saying stuff. I, I feel it in my heart big time. And I have really asked the Lord about this. And I've prayed. I've prayed for the president. When I first, and you can believe what you want to, but you should be praying for the president. I prayed for the other ones. But I had a dream when, when Trump was first elected where I was able to go meet him in this dream. And I went into it, and they told me, like, you only got a couple minutes in here. That's what they told me. You got a couple minutes, two or three minutes, and that's it. And what you do is you go in there, and you don't speak until you're spoken to. I mean, they had a protocol, you know, because this is the president, and you're just a mutt, you know. So I went in there, and he said, have a seat. And he sat down at his desk. He looked at me straight at me. He said, what do you want? And I said, I want to know how to pray for you. And he softened up immediately and said, pray for my family. And I woke up from the dream. So I've tried every day of my life since that time to wake up in the morning like, Lord, protect that man's family. Take care of his family, you know. And, and while you're doing it, take care of him because he really needs it. <laughs> Probably more than anybody on the planet right now. But I, I just feel that we can really begin to pray and ask the Lord. And that if we'll do that, I think we can see some things shift. And I think this is the beauty of it. I think you can begin to see God begin to send help into your life. Angelic help into your business. Angelic help into your finances. Angelic help into your into your uh, health because God wants to take care of that stuff so you can focus on what He's called you to do. Amen. Let's just stand up. And I'm going to pray for you. Thank you. Yeah. Hmm. Father, we just thank you today that Paul uh, said you are citizens of heaven because we're sons and daughters of God. We've been welcomed into the household of God. We belong to His household. Therefore, we're, we're citizens in His kingdom. And Lord, you've called us to live as citizens. 
You've called us to live as citizens. And you've even called us to be ambassadors for heaven. If you feel like the Lord is saying that to you, just lift your hands to the Lord. Just say, yes, Lord. I, I don't know what I'm saying yes to. I don't have to know. I don't have to know. I don't know how to know what it looks like. I'm just saying yes to you, Jesus. Because that's what you did, Jesus. You came here as the greatest citizen of heaven. And you came here as the greatest ambassador. And we say we want to follow you. And we're just saying yes. Help us to understand what it means to be a citizen of heaven. And a citizen on this earth. And how our citizenship in heaven can change our citizenship on earth. And how we can become those ambassadors for Christ. And change our world. And represent you, Lord. We ask you to do that, Lord. We pray, Lord, for for our nation. We pray for our nation, Lord. We pray, God, that you would deliver us from the spirit of Marxism, from this red tide that has come on us. We ask you to break the power of that thing. Lord, we pray you'd break financial. There's financial things. There's agreements that have been made that need to be broken. It has tied up things. It has tied up things. It's called, it has caused corporations to compromise. It has caused people to get into deception. Lord, we pray you, you would break those agreements, those demonic agreements, Lord. We ask you today, Lord, we're coming in agreement with you, Lord, and we come in disagreement with, with the devil and what he has planned for our country and for the countries of the world, Lord. And we ask you today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We just ask you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us. Say, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. Lord, help me. I can't do this, Lord, without you. I can't. I can't do this. I can't be a good citizen apart from you. I can't be an ambassador. I can't know how to pray, Lord. I need you, Lord. Stir in my heart, Lord. Stir in my heart. Tell us, ask the Lord, Lord, stir in my heart. Stir in my heart, Lord. Stir me, Lord. Don't let me be afraid and cower. Let me be stirred up in the Spirit, Lord. And stand, Lord, for what's right in this, in the kingdom and in this world, Lord. That's, that's what we're asking you. You know, Paul told us to, as far as you can, live peaceable with all men. That's what he said. As far as you can do it, just be, be peaceable. You can be outwardly peaceful to a person that the devil's using. But inwardly, you can wage war on what you're seeing there spiritually. Inwardly, you can pull down things. You can break the power over that person. We can do that. We can do that. We don't have to get offended. Listen, we don't have to get offended when we hear people who have beliefs that we know are not based in the Bible. I'm talking Christian people. They have made compromises. 
We don't have to become angry with them and cut them off. We can love them and pray for them and care about them. And there's a lot of that going on in the body of Christ today. There's, a, there's some doctrines and theologies that are loose in the church that are da- damning. They're damning people. But we don't have to hate those people and be angry with those people and be put out with them. If we'll love them and don't cut them off, and, and however you can be a voice to them, however God shows you, God will show you. He got those angels. Those angels will work for you. Because those angels want to help people. Let's ask the angels. Lord, we got angels here. We, show us how to agree with them. With their assignment that they've been given for us, show us how to agree to release them into their assignment in Jesus' name. We just ask you to do that. Hey, if you're a skeptic this morning, God bless you. <laughs> you know, I used to be a skeptic. I understand skepticism. It's okay. You know, just ask Jesus about it. He'll have, he'll have something to say to you. Listen, I want to pray one more prayer. I know I'm taking a long time here. One more thing that I think is so beautiful right now is, uh, well, one, God wants to stir you up to who, to your true self, to your, what he's put in you. Right? I, I feel like. There's been, yeah, assignment. There's assignments that were given to you at one time that burned in your heart. And, and now it's like the ashes have covered up the coals. God is stirring again. He's calling out to that thing in you again. He's calling it out. I've heard him. He's called out to me this week. He began to call out to me and remind me of things down in me that got buried in me. And he was calling those things forth. It's, it's amazing what he wants to do. And we need that to be able to do what he's called us to do. And I think what we had to do is let go. You know, we had to let go. Let go of the past for sure. You know, Let go of how God moved in the past. Let go of how church was in the past. Just let it, let's, let's let go of stuff and let God begin to work in us and do some stuff. Another thing the Lord told me... Uh, and I guess it was because I was reading all this about Benghazi, about those people did not leave their post. Even it cost them their life. They died there defending that place. They didn't. And I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, and I feel that like we probably all had this thing, like, can I just run away? You know what I'm saying? If y'all had that thought, like, I'm out of here. You know, I'm done. I've finished. I'm going to retire. <laughs> and the Lord's saying, don't leave your post. If of all times in history, the church doesn't need to leave its post. And if you have kind of walked off from it, jump back on your post. Because nobody took your place. It's empty. And God's reserved it for you. And I'm going to tell you something. He's saying, get back in your place. Because that's where your power's at. That's where you, you, you can do some stuff. I can't do anything in Tony's post. That would be like putting on the bad armor. Not that he's got bad armor. It's his armor. So I'm not trying to get in his post. I've got to get into my post. And I've got to stay there. Even, if it's going, if I'm, even when I feel like I'm getting just beat up over it. Stay in your post. 
And if you'll do that, God will rescue you. Because he's not like the governments of the world that leave you hanging. He'll rescue you. And he'll get angels in there with you and help you. Okay? So raise your hand if you feel like you need to be stirred again. And that you want to get into your post. Lord, I want to get into my post. I want to get back into my post. I need to be stirred. I need for you to speak to those things deep inside of me that you put in me, Lord. Just do it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Just do it. Amen. All righty, I'm, I'm done, man, y'all. I'm done. Y'all can go home and do whatever. Corey, you want to come out here and say something? Perhaps. Not really, but love you all. Make sure to get your kids. Be blessed. We love you. Have a great day.